0: To the ortho eval pal podcast where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills we hope you enjoy the show and now for your host paul marquis hello everyone and welcome to episode 267 of the ortho eval pal podcast i'm your host paul marquis pt and today we're going to be talking about the cervical myelopathy cluster We're going to be going over the causes of cervical myelopathy. We'll be talking about the signs and symptoms of cervical myelopathy. We'll discuss what the five most common predictive clinical findings are in this particular cluster. We're going to be talking about how to perform these tests in the cluster, and we will discuss how to manage these patients with myelopathy and so much more. But if you don't mind holding for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. You go into clinic every day to practice at the top of your license and provide the best care to your patients. Yet... Four out of five orthopedists say that note taking is interfering with patient care. Robin is here to change that. Robin provides ambient virtual scribing that's designed exclusively for orthopedics. Its Robin assistant device ambiently captures your visits, so you can focus on patients, and Robin Virtual Scribes can deliver more complete clinical notes and codes to your EHR. Visit robin.co. OEP. That's robin.co. OEP to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. So before we get going, I just want to tell you to stay tuned till the end of this podcast, because I'm going to give you a few pearls regarding myelopathy that just kind of go outside of the cluster a little bit, but I think are very important to know. Um, You know, we have a lot to go over today. And I'm sure some of you are asking yourselves, especially if you're new to the show, why are we talking about neurological neurological issues? in a orthopedic podcast? Well, first of all, you know, early recognition to neurological issues during your evaluation can be a major game changer in a patient, okay? We can prevent some long-term disability. Plus half of the cluster is done like as the patient is walking into the room and it's very easy to add some of these tests to our orthopedic exam, especially when you see something that just doesn't seem to be quite right. Um, so let's talk about some of the causes of myelopathy in the cervical spine. You can have trauma, you can have a whiplash type injury, you could develop spurs uh, around the inner part of the spinal, uh, the central spinal canal that encloses on the spinal cord, you could have central cord stenosis, which could be caused by a herniated disc, a centrally herniated disc, you could have ligamentum, flavum, hypertrophy, um, and Anything that takes up space uh, in amongst that uh, that spinal canal in the cervical spine. It could be a tumor or a cyst or something of that uh, nature that causes pressure on the spinal cord. Okay. Now, so what is cervical spine myelopathy? Well, it's compression of the spinal cord at the cervical spine level. And it can present itself in several different ways. You know, sometimes you'll see people who are hyper reflexive. They may have some loss of coordination with their hands and maybe some clumsiness or unsteadiness with their gait. They'll occasionally have numbness and weakness and not always in a particular myotomal pattern that follows a specific nerve root. Um, And then cervical spine pain and stiffness is always quite common with this because if you do have spurs it's not uncommon to have you know facet spurs that limit your motion and can cause some discomfort. So what is the cervical myelopathy cluster of tests? It's going to be these five things, okay? It could be a positive Hoffman's test, an inverted supinator sign, which is positive, a positive Babinski test. The patient could have gait deviation with a wide base of support or, a, you know, an altered gait pattern. And typically, these folks are over 45 years old. Now, for this. Um, cluster to be considered positive for myelopathy they need to have three to four out of five of these uh, positive. So let me just quickly go over how to do each test. I have videos on how to do all these. I will link them in the show notes and I also have a video uh, of a cervical myelopathy evaluation that I do and I show you how to do all of this stuff. So I'll link that into the show notes also. But number one the Hoffman test. Basically that patient is completely relaxed they're sitting upright. You, the provider, will pinch the DIP joint of the middle finger and you'll prevent it from flexing or extending. And then what you're going to do is you're going to, with your fingernail, quickly flick their fingernail downward or in the palmer direction and watch the thumb and index finger. Now, if you flick their fingernail and the thumb and index finger come toward each other, or sometimes it's just the finger, sometimes it's just the thumb, but Either way, this would be considered a positive Hoffman's test. You would check both sides also just to make sure. The next test is the inverted supinator sign. So essentially what you do is you take that patient, place them in a position that you would do when you're testing their brachioradialis reflex. And you're going to take your reflex hammer and you're going to tap just proximal to the radial styloid process. And if you notice the fingers flexing or maybe even an extension of the elbow while you're doing that, then that is a positive inverted supinator sign. Next would be your Babinski test. So you essentially take the backside of your reflex hammer and you have the patient sitting on a table, you're looking at the bottom of their foot and you run the back of that reflex hammer from the heel up the lateral column of the foot and then you start to take a turn at the metatarsals toward the big toe. And what you're looking for there is if the toes go up, that is a positive Babinski test. Now, some people are really ticklish and it's very hard to identify this. But what I have seen in the past for those who have been positive was that once I finished stroking the foot, the toes went up like a millisecond later. okay, and just kind of very smoothly went up and then came back down. If they don't move or they're down going, then that would be a negative test. okay? then. As I said earlier, you know, when a patient walks in, watch them walk, okay? Check out their gait. If they have kind of a wide base of support um, and it's more of an arthrogenic type of gait, then, you know, you have to be suspicious that they're having some difficulty processing how to maintain their balance. And then again, if they're over 45 years old or close to 45 years old, then you need to be suspicious also. Uh, And that is the cluster right there. And again, if you get, if you have three to four out of five, then it's a pretty, you know, significant sign that they have myelopathy in the cervical spine. Now, what do you do with somebody who has three or four out of the five of these findings in the cluster? Well, first of all, remember, I'm not a neurologist, uh, but I'm going to go from experience from discussing many of these cases with neurologists and neurosurgeons so as a physical therapist or anybody who's seeing this patient uh, it could be a pa np it could be an athletic trainer occupational therapist Um, you want to bring this information to the attention of the pcp and say you know we're kind of concerned about some cervical spine compression at at the cervical level because of a b c and d and um you know, after that, what we what we typically do is ask for flexion and extension X-rays of the cervical spine with a lateral view, so you can identify if there's any significant instability uh, of the cervical spine. And from there, probably proceed to an MRI of the cervical spine, so you can see what the obstruction is, if there is any. Now, if that MRI comes back normal, then you probably wanna proceed with a brain MRI. And in the meantime, you're trying to get a referral to a neurologist or a neurosurgeon for this patient, um, just to get them you know, completely checked out. Now, here are a few things that I asked you at the beginning of the show to hold on for, so I can talk to you about this. Um, when we see somebody with cervical myelopathy symptoms and signs, Um, we need to also consider that they may have some sort of an endocrine issue. Okay, I have seen a couple cases where people have had thyroid problems where they just are are out of control. They, They have all of these signs. They look just like somebody who has a cervical spine problem or a brain tumor or who knows. And they do this complete diagnostic workup, MRIs, EMGs, nerve conduction velocities and whatnot, and they turn up nothing. And then the patient gets sent to an endocrinologist. they you know level out their medications, take care of their medications for their you know thyroid problems or whatnot, and all of a sudden these symptoms kind of settle down. Um, so I have seen that on a couple of occasions, so if you're not getting anything with your diagnostic imaging, you need to be thinking more on a physiologic level. Um, and the next thing that I want to talk about is that if you see somebody with these symptoms. Also take a look and and ask the questions, you know, have you ever been diagnosed with fibromyalgia? Maybe you want to try to check out some of their trigger point areas, the, you know, extensor mechanisms at the forearm, the upper traps, the rhomboid region, the quads, the glutes, the calves, and see if they're hypersensitive to touch. Um, In episode 180, I talked about the correlation between cervical myelopathy and fibromyalgia, and there is quite a high correlation between the two of them. So it's possible that a lot of these people who have had fibromyalgia, or they come in with fibromyalgia, um, and you start to do this myelopathy cluster, you may find that this is positive for some sort of cervical spine myelopathy. These folks can benefit from cervical spine surgery if the compression and myelopathy and is, is significant enough. And so uh, check out episode 180. I talk about that correlation that will help you kind of sort that part out. That's a, an episode in its own Uh, I know that we went through a lot today, but thank you to those of you who stuck with me uh, to the end. I hope you all have a great day. And again, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.